0: Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, this is Wags, and it's a beautiful little Saturday morning, and joining me as always is Dane. We are getting ready for another Packer weekend. Uh, we've got the Raiders coming to town, so Dane, how do you feel? This NFL season's flying by.
1: It's We're already almost halfway through the season, and we got John Gruden coming to town, And I'm feeling pretty good. I cannot complain too much when we're looking at a five and one record Uh, from a tough start to the season. Really pleased with how these guys have been playing football so far. And I'm really excited to see us take on the Raiders this week. I like the matchup, don't love the situation. I don't like that we're playing a second team coming off their bye in back-to-back weeks. We're on a short week after a Monday night game. Uh, If you line these two teams up, uh, just just looking at them, the Packers are far and away the better football team, but with circumstance, which is what we're playing with, um, it might be a tough matchup this Sunday, but I'm I'm excited to see what we can do, and I
0: do like the matchup that we have. Sure, absolutely. So um, before we dive into maybe some of the keys to the game and uh, uh, doing a, a game plan and Um, And a little bit of a scouting report on the Raiders Uh, just as a high-level overview uh, Dane you just touched on that exactly we we've got a situation where uh, This is a team that is not as rested as the opponent Uh, So from a high level, uh, I think it's going to be really important that we don't fall behind this week, right? Because uh, this Raiders team is a team that likes to pound the football. They don't turn the ball over much uh, they um, like to play ahead instead mm-hmm. of from behind. And um, so we saw that last week against the Lions. Uh, certainly uh, we were fortunate enough to have uh, a battle and an effort and come back and escape with a victory, but we can't count on that two weeks in a row, can we?
1: No, I, this, this team I think lives and dies with Josh Jacobs, their their stud rookie running back. He's a heck of a ball player. He is uh, the real deal for for all intents and purposes uh, for for the Raiders. uh, But they also have Carr, at quarterback, who I think can attack as needed. But he's far, in a way, more effective when they are playing from ahead. When they get behind, he has to do maybe a little bit more than he's comfortable doing. He's a strong, solid quarterback but he's not a superstar quarterback, uh, but he is able to light you up in the right moments. So uh, you're right, Wags. Unfortunately, we've started hot most games this year, uh, outside of last week. I think we've been the the fast-starting team in most of the games, and I think that um, this team er, and this game lends itself to a starting fast again, Uh, but that is the key to get out ahead and then make Carr do the things that he's not necessarily comfortable doing and keep Josh Jacobs on the sideline a little bit more. Sure,
0: and just kind of something that's an interesting note to, to be watching for. If the Packers win the toss this week, uh, will Coach Lafleur opt to receive the opening kickoff versus deferring? A lot of times we do defer, particularly in the um, regular season. But the Raiders' scoring offense—they're averaging less than a point uh, in the third quarter wow. per game this year. They're thirtieth and third quarter scoring, and their scoring offense overall—they're right in you know around nineteenth, I think, overall. Um, but they do most of their scoring in the first half. Uh, they're a first and second quarter scoring team. Um, and so uh, that's exactly the key that I think we were just trying to hone in on. Uh, the Packers want to st- start fast and the Raiders want to start fast. So perhaps we'll see a situation where if the Packers win that opening coin toss, they do opt to receive the football instead of deferring. Um, so Dane, uh, let's dive in a little bit and start doing a little uh, scouting report. Why don't we touch on The Raiders offense first since since you you hit on one of the big keys to what they want to do offensively in Jacobs and their running game and certainly um, with uh, Derek Carr at quarterback uh, he's uh, a talented guy uh, and uh, we know that he can play in this league so um, you know just overall uh, this is a Raiders offense they're they're middle of the pack uh, I would say but uh, given that they are definitely a running team um, they're in the top 10 in rush attempts per game. Uh, that can be a little bit deceiving. They they like to possess the football, um, and they're averaging almost five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a difficult matchup. Again, we saw this Packers defense uh, step up in a big way against Detroit in their rush game last week. Can that carry over this week?
1: Yeah, we've got to stack uh, some success on this. And the the offensive line for for the Raiders. If you go man to man, maybe outside of their, uh, their tackle, Trent Brown, who we'll get to in a moment, um, there's not guys names that really stick out, but they do play as a unit really, really well. Uh, they're able to push around the defensive lines. They've done that uh, in, in past games. We, we've seen them, they have the ability as a unit to help take over a game along with Josh Jacobs. So um, I I think that uh, it's another week, it's another tough slog for our defensive line. It's gonna be another week where Kenny Clark is gonna need to play his A game. But again, much like last week, I'm expecting a big week from Dean Lowry to control the line of scrimmage. We're gonna see more Tyler Lancaster, we're gonna see Kiki, we're gonna see Adams. And I think it's, um, as always, it's important, the big boys up front, but we're going to see them playing um, a large number of snaps. I expect them to again. And then I will highlight as well, um, we don't talk a lot about Blake Martinez because we just know he's there making tackles. Uh, But I will also say BJ Goodson, I thought, played his best game as a Packer last week. And he's somebody that, frankly, I haven't been all that high on since we signed him out of camp. And um, I thought he played really well, was settled in, looked Far more comfortable than last uh, the the weeks prior, and really contributed to playing that uh, that that run defense. And uh, we're going to need another big week from him because this is another week. Where we're going to have uh, probably two linebackers on the field more than we tend to in a in a coach Petten defense.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a really good point, Dan, because uh, with Oren Burks coming back now from injury, that gives us a few options, and it can uh, allow the uh, defensive coaching staff to cycle guys in and and get some rest, and and perhaps use Burks more in passing situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's and certainly he may not be. 100% uh, ready to go from you know the number of snaps that he's getting as well, uh, so it's not putting too much on him to be out there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the key. This is a, a, a offense, again, in the Raiders that we're not going to want to have that undersized unit out there. Right? Right. I think it's performed admirably in the bend-but-don't-break sense, but uh, in, in order to uh, limit what they're trying to do, Uh, In the rush game, um, we're really going to need to get some bigger bodies out in the field, and if B.J. Goodson can contribute uh, and Oren Burks is is uh, ready to go a few more snaps again this week, I think that can be a, a big uh, difference maker on that second level, um, because this defensive line is overall knock on wood, yep. pretty healthy right now, so um, if they just keep taking care of business, we just need guys to come up and fill the gaps and make sure tackles, and that's going to make this uh, rush defense look a lot better uh, than it did in those first four to five weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it's interestingly enough, I feel like this Raiders team actually reminds me a little bit of the Detroit Lions. Uh, just looking from back-to-back weeks, watching the, the Lions, obviously in prep of last week, and then now this week with, with the Raiders coming in. And dare I say, they're a little bit of the Lions light, Um, I don't think they quite have the skill set, talent players that the Lions do at some key positions but they tend to do some of the same kinds of things overall. Um, I think that they do like to get some of their playmakers into space as well. Uh, their receiving core is, is pretty banged up, the Raiders receiving core, much like the Packers is right now. So, um, you know, we're going to probably see our old pal Trevor Davis uh, getting a, a large number of snaps at the wide receiver position. But what they like to do when they're not running the ball is uh, get their wide receivers and their tight ends the ball in space and have them make a play. So, this week, more than any other week that we've seen probably this year, we're going to need to make sure that the Packers defense is a sound tackling unit, Uh, something that last year we had a ton of problem with. We have improved exponentially this year, but this is going to be a test of that where the Raiders like to get guys isolated and try to make a guy miss. So, it's going to be up to this Packers defense to, to gang tackle and to be sure ball tacklers.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that, that they're the Lions' light because I was thinking along similar lines, and I think last week I said the Lions were kind of the Cowboys' light. <laughs> um, and the Cowboys had, they, they, they're they kind of similar to the Eagles in terms of their what they want to do with their offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. So one benefit of this schedule, the way it's lined up, is we've gotten, this is the fourth team in a row that is, from a offensive principle standpoint, trying to attack uh, in a, I'm not going to say the same way, but in, in a lot of similar ways where they're really looking to pound the ball um, yeah. with their uh, physical running backs. And, um, and and I think that's a big key that you hit on, that they like to get those guys out in space in the short yardage passing game um, in a way. The fact that the Packers got beat twice deep early in the game last week may be a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. because uh, that's not something that I'm expecting the Raiders to be able to surprise the Packers with this week. Now, you know, we've got to play the game, but uh, I certainly expect that the Packers from a schematic standpoint will be both ready for that, but also able to move guys a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage to help with the run game, knowing that. Typically, this isn't a Raiders offense that's going to beat you vertically more often than not. So um, from that standpoint, uh, this is almost like, all right, we've had this game plan. Let's tweak it a little bit. Um, Let's make a couple of adjustments based on the personnel uh, that we're facing this week. But... Now we know what we need to do to go out and execute. We've got to uh, improve on this rush defense. We did that last week in a big way, uh, and we'll see if that carries over. But I definitely think that's going to be a big key um, and a big factor in the game plan this week for this Packers defense. Now, just a couple of our things. Let's let's talk on the uh, Raiders pass offense yeah. a little bit. Um, and you said that they are going to try to get those uh, tight ends and receivers in space. Um, they do have a little bit of a screen game too. So I think that's something that uh, we mm-hmm. wanna be uh, ready for and being able to uh, follow our keys and uh, get out in the flat and make those uh, big or linemen miss a little bit, um, break down and uh, just beat you from a numbers standpoint. Um, and it's going to be tough, I think, typically to get a lot of pressure on Derek Carr because they're trying to get rid of the ball pretty Real quickly. Quick, yeah. uh, so that's another key, like we saw last week, where if we're able to uh, step up on this run defense and the Raiders aren't getting you know, second and three, third and two situations quite as often, now it's going to give these uh, big guys up front – Uh, The Smiths are ready to go uh, with some shorter uh, sack celebrations. So we'll (laughs) see if they're able to put those on display this week, but it's going to be incumbent on uh, this whole defense to put the Raiders into some longer yardage situations because the Raiders third down uh, conversion rate is very, very good. They're at 48%. Um, They're in the top seven in the NFL on third down conversion rate. Um, And I, I, I don't know all those situations, but I would hazard to guess that's set up a lot by getting some, some good chunk yardage on first and second down. And when they're in a third yard down situation, it's usually third and short. And Jacobs, as we know, is a load and tough to bring down and stop from, from getting one or two yards in a short yardage situation.
1: Yeah, you, you, you're, hitting the, you're, you're hitting the nail on the Wags. It's um, these, these short passes, they have a ton of options out of those short passes too. So they give a lot of different looks. Uh, you know, Carr's going to just get that ball out. I don't expect Carr doing a lot of five-step drops, right? I I think it's really going to be those three-step, but if if we do keep him uh, uncomfortable in those um, uh, maybe third, even in medium situations, Carr's going to have a pretty tough day out there. I actually expect the Packers, uh, Carr's done a pretty darn good job of taking care of the football this year. Um, He's got three interceptions, which, I mean, almost halfway through the year is pretty darn good. Um, However, I expect him to be playing from behind against the Packers on Sunday, and I think that he's gonna um, potentially have to throw the ball downfield a little bit more and put him out of his comfort zone. So I expect the Packers to be able to have an opportunity to get a turnover, or maybe even two, from uh, Derek Carr uh, on Sunday as he needs to pass the ball down the field a little bit more. I think that this is a, a game ripe for that. Um, I think it's gonna be close early, but as the game starts to wear on, I, I just, I frankly think the Packers defense is going to be able to bully the Oakland Raiders offense a little bit uh, on, on Sunday. I think that um, they don't, they being the Raiders outside of Jacobs, they just don't have the playmakers. So if we're able to contain the run at all with the receivers being down uh, with the Raiders, I think our defense is going to be able to press. I think we're going to be able to just out-physical them, and we're going to make for a very long day for, for Derek Carr and company.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is not a Raiders offense that's built to come from behind. No. Um, and I, so if the Packers fall behind, can they come back against this Raiders team? Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. that's the the saving grace is that while we would like to get out ahead, it's not over. It just makes it a lot more difficult because of what the Raiders like to do is then they can just keep pounding the ball Um, play, you know, field position, um, you know, pound the ball, maybe move it downfield, get get a touchdown or a field goal here and there chip away and try to get to 20 points. And if they're ahead, it just makes it a lot more difficult for the Packers to be able to come back. Um, but uh, that being said, I, I think you are absolutely right, Dane, that this is a type of game that if, if the Packers defense can build on what they did last week against the Lions, uh, limit uh, what their offense of the Raiders is trying to do in scoring opportunities early on mm-hmm. and give this Packers offense a chance to get some points on the board and get ahead. Uh, I really like our chances to get some separation in this game. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, this Raiders team, we should not be overlooking no, them at not all. No, at all. Uh, they beat the Bears. They beat, um, you know, they beat the Broncos, who, you know, haven't looked all that good, granted. Uh, but in week one, that was a surprise victory mm-hmm. for the Raiders. And uh, then I believe you said they beat uh, the, 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 Colts the Colts, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's... That's a that's a quality win right there. So they've got two quality wins here with the Bears and the Colts, um, and so uh, we certainly don't want to overlook this team. They're more than capable of getting a lead and holding on to it. So um, so uh, yeah, I think it's it's uh, a game that if we can get ahead uh, and t- force some turnovers, it could turn out to be a, a pretty easy win from the, a scoring margin standpoint, but we can't count on that. We've got to get out there and execute and be ready to go right off the bat. Otherwise, this is going to be a real battle um, and it's going to be a tough, tough game at the end of, end of the uh, week or end of the game, I think, uh, like we saw against the Lions. Um, and uh, my heart and my neighbors probably <laughs> would prefer that didn't happen again. Um, although, regardless, if we're able to get a win, that's all that's going to matter.
1: Yeah, uh, totally. and. Uh... Uh, One matchup that we need to highlight, I think, is uh, we need to give love to, I think, probably one of the more talented players on their offense is Darren Waller, their tight end. He just inked a big deal for them, so congrats to him. Uh, I expect, and I'm curious your thoughts, Wags, but I expect another week with Adrian Amos, Uh, maybe playing a little bit, quote unquote, out of position to to help cover the tight end. It's something that I thought uh, between he and Tremont Williams, they did a heck of a job last week against uh, Hawkinson and the the players in Detroit. So I expect that again this week where we're going to be matching up one of our key safeties on Waller. Waller can make things Very difficult for opposing defenses, and he certainly has the opportunity to do that again this week. Uh, But I thought with what Amos did, uh, he's going to be shadowing Waller again this week. And um, I I like our chances there, but it's something that I think we need to highlight because we're going to see, I think. That's the guy that that Carr's comfortable throwing the ball to more than anybody else. That's his security blanket, but he's also a playmaker for them. Um, So do you, Wags, think that Amos and Tremont are going to kind of take turns covering him again this week, or how do you think the Packers defend a talented tight end like that?
0: I don't see why they wouldn't do the same thing that they did last week. Um, again (laughs) we're not trying to oversimplify and just say well we can just roll out the same game plan but at the same time it's it's just very similar schematically and it's very similar in terms of matchups with um, these this is this is where Both the Raiders and the Lions were trying to exploit matchups. And I thought the Packers um, and Coach Patton and the defensive staff uh, made a very smart decision to, uh, you know, play those matchups and try to, um, you know, uh, lessen the impact of, of how those could have been a mismatch for guys like Blake Martinez or B.J. Goodson, trying to cover them, and using Amos and, and uh, Tremont Williams there, uh, definitely, uh, I think, solidified things there and evened out that matchup to a significant degree. Mm-hmm. So I expect the same thing this week. And that leads me to a couple of other um, you know guys on this Raiders offense, in Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're second and third running backs they can come in and they like to pass the ball uh, to those guys and dump the ball off to them. So I think bringing Amos and Williams up to cover the tight ends allows you to match up those guys with Blake Martinez and Goodson and Oren Burks, and they can just stay on those guys as their keys. And I think that makes things a lot easier um, for um, for the that trio because they're not trying to cover you know a zone uh, and have multiple guys that both at the tight end and uh, running back position where you can lose them a little bit now they can just key in on those running backs as they like to slide out of the backfield and uh, hopefully just stay in front of them Mm -hmm. and um, and go up and just make a sure tackle and make a play so um, because uh, that's going to be you know, with that screen game in those third and short situations, they can kind of just sneak out and, um, and get open. And, and that makes, uh, those are those chain moving types of plays that can happen uh, if you've got a, a situation where uh, Blake is, trying to cover the tight end, but also needs to chip away, hand him off to uh, the safety behind him, and scramble over and try to uh, catch up to the running back coming out of the flat.
1: Yeah, and uh, also uh, we have to give a shout-out, a uh, homecoming of sorts for Alec Engle, uh, the former Wisconsin Badger. Uh, fullback. I think he's from Green Bay. So, folks, if you haven't heard that, you're going to probably hear it about 10 times during the broadcast on Sunday. They love giving shout-outs to those hometown Green Bay guys. Um, this is good homework, Wags. Uh, uh, anything else you think we need to, to touch on with this Raiders offense? I, As you said, I mean, it, it's, it's it's kind of lion's light a little bit. It's, they do some of the same kind of things, but they just don't have the wide receiver talent, in my opinion, that Detroit had. So No, I don't thing.
0: think so. Why don't we move over to the uh, scouting report on the Raiders defense? So, I mean, um, overall, uh, this is a Raiders defense that uh, the Packers should match up pretty well against. Yeah, um, they're they're pretty stout against the run, um, but they're not all that strong against the pass. Now, granted, uh, we could be without MDS as in addition to Devontae Adams this week, and um, Geronimo Allison is doubtful. So, so who we got left? <laughs> so who do we have left to hurt them in the yeah. pass game? Well, um, I think first of all um, we're going to still try to run the ball either way um, we want to you know be able to have some uh, time of possession, establish something on the ground early, and uh, be able to move the chains and get downfield. And we saw, I thought, last week, the balance on the offense, take away the turnovers, which I know, <laughs> I sound like a golfer, mm-hmm. but take away the turnovers. And this Packers offense looked as comfortable and as sharp as I've seen all season mm-hmm. uh, last week against the Lions. So, um, I think we can do a lot of the same things. Build on exactly what we're trying to do. Um, this Raiders defense is kind of similar to the Lions. They don't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they like to stop the run first. Um, and against the pass, they're they're in the lower tier. I think they're in the 25th or so range against the pass. So... Um, It's going to be incumbent, I think, on both um, uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams to be ready to go, uh, contribute in the pass game. Yes. And um, I think some short uh, passes early will be something that we'll also see just to loosen up some of the edges, and that might open some things up in the middle of the field um, And in order to get – uh, a guy like uh, an Alan Lazard or a Jake Kumro, who may not be quite as comfortable getting as much separation, but if they're able to cut across the middle because we've got Raiders linebackers needing to be worried about Jones and Williams, uh, that can really open some things up uh, for uh, some of those guys to be able to make some plays as well. Wags, it's gonna be,
1: you're, you're so right, the running backs for the Packers, I expect them to be active early and often, often in the receiving game. Um, flat out, I think that Whitehead is a pretty good linebacker for for uh, for the Raiders. Outside of that, we should be able to exploit this this second level of the Raiders' defense. Um, I I don't want to take anything away. We'll, if we go level by level, their D line reasonably active. Uh, I think they're a, a bit more active probably than Detroit, but less active than. Then Dallas, um, I think that Rodgers is going to have plenty of time back there. He should, uh, judging by um, past games that the Raiders have played. I really think that um, their their fourth-round pick actually is outperforming their first-round pick. So their first-round pick was that uh, Farrell, uh, the kid out of Clemson. Um, and, and um, you know, I think a lot of folks were expecting a lot out of him. But um, you know who has been interesting is Max Crosby. He's their fourth-round guy. That guy... is is super active, uses his hands well. So uh, our our tackles will have their hands full a little bit there. Um, But uh, all that said, I think that the the Packers should be able to attack the second level, both in the run game and the the receiving game. I think our tight ends should be active. I think that um, I I expect Aaron Jones to have a pretty significant bounce back game. And, And I'll tell you what, if Devontae Adams was healthy, which he's not, I would expect 150-yard receiving performance out of him. He's not healthy, so we're going to be leaning on the Lazards of the world, and we're going to be leaning on um, Kumaro, as you mentioned, and Shep. I, I expect Gary Shepard to bounce back, and our newly signed Ryan Grant. Not that Ryan Grant. Newly signed wide receiver Ryan Grant, who um, potentially is going to suit up, have a limited route tree. Um, but I, all of that's to say there's a lot of exploitable uh, spots on this, this Raiders defense that I think that Aaron Rodgers and company are going to be able to play and play well against. The the time that the Raiders played a talented quarterback earlier in the season, Mahomes, was when they got lit up a little bit. They gave up 34 points. I, I expect actually a, a reasonably similar outcome on Sunday even without our our, our number one wide receiver and potentially our number two and three receiver, we're going to be able to find holes in this defense and we're going to be able to be on the offensive early, I think, and often on Sunday.
0: Sure, uh, and I was just chuckling to myself. It's I guess we're, we're definitely playing John Gruden this week, and I don't know if you um, if, if that was kind of a Freudian slip, but you were channeling him with the that guy. <laughs> so uh, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> anyway, um, can we get anything from this tight end group this week,
1: Dan? Well, Mercedes Lewis, I think, has been the most productive tight end of this Packers pass game this year. He had two 25-plus-yard receptions last week. The real question, I think, and that's as much, frankly, Wags, as I could expect out of Mercedes Lewis in, in this, what, 15th, 16th year. He's been playing like a man possessed compared to, what, last year? I didn't think, frankly, he had much left in the tank when we brought him back. Uh, it turns out that maybe we just weren't using him appropriately last year in the oh, offense. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> because he's been a heck of a blocker this year and uh, when, when asked to be, and I think that he is really shown in the receiving game, and it's clear that Rodgers trusts him too. Uh, Mercedes has had these soft hands and has come up with some clutch catches. The real question here is uh, it looks like Tunyon's probably going to be down again this week. He's doubtful with that hip injury. He is Jimmy Graham, is he going to be consistent? Is he going to be able to show up when we need him? I thought uh, uh, last week on Monday Night Football, there was a play, I believe in the fourth quarter where he got the ball in his hands and he needed to make one guy miss to to potentially pick up a first down and he just, with contact, just folded and fell down and I went, oh man, he's just not the Jimmy Graham of old. So, I don't have high hopes or expectations for Jimmy Graham at this point in his career. I actually think that with him, anything we get out of him is a bonus, but I'm not going to be relying on him whatsoever. I expect more out of our running backs, uh, out of Mercedes Lewis, and really um, maybe more out of Alan Lazard and out of Kumro and some of the other wide receivers to make something happen uh, uh, this week.
0: Dane, I'm, I'm going to zag a little bit. I know I've been a little bit more patient and not gonna say higher on jimmy graham Mm -hmm. because i've been sort of disappointed overall with what we've gotten from him there's no reason for me to keep saying this but i just feel like jimmy graham's a rhythm guy we've seen some comments in the last couple of weeks he just needs to get some touches early and i think they're going to try to get him involved get the ball in his hands early on some short passes and To me, that makes a a world of difference. (laughs) I'm not going to make any excuses for Jimmy Graham, Mm -hmm. but I'm just going to go out on a limb, and I'm not going to say he's going to have 10 catches for 100 yards, two touchdowns, anything like that, but I think he's going to make a much bigger contribution this week than what we've seen from him. Uh, Against the Eagles, when Devontae went down, uh, Rodgers was looking Jimmy's way um, uh, late in that game, Mm -hmm. and he was... Uh, getting the ball uh, more, and that's that's the most catches he's had, I think, all season. Um, and so I I think there's a world where they can do that, but they need to. I'm not going to say force the ball, but they need to design uh, some plays to get him the ball early on and get him in a little bit of a rhythm. And let's see if that makes a little uh, more of a difference in getting getting him. Um, involved early Mm -hmm. and and perhaps he's able to exploit some more matchups then over the course of the game. So I'm going to just go out on a limb. I think uh, I'm not going to make an official prediction, but don't be surprised if this is one of those weeks where we're saying, oh, we got something out of Jimmy Graham this week. This is, And Wags, and, and, and not to cut
1: you off, but th- if it's not this week, this feels like a week where he should have an opportunity to do that against these linebackers. If it's not this week, I really start to pull my hair out because this is a prime matchup for a, for a good, talented tight end. Right.
0: Um, this Raiders' defense is worse than the Lions on third down. Um, uh, they're uh, giving up uh, first downs on 48%, I believe, of, of their uh, third downs. So... We said last week this Packers offense would need to start converting on third down. I thought they had plenty of opportunities, too, if we didn't see all those drops. Mm. So clean that up just a little bit, and I think Jimmy – Yeah, again, I have no reason to be super (laughs) confident in this, but he could be a key reason why they're able to have a much higher success rate on third down uh, against a Raiders defense that hasn't been stopping anyone on third down, quite frankly. And when you've got Aaron Rodgers going against the defense – that can't stop anyone on third down, there's just no more excuses. The wide receivers just need to find those open spots, secure and catch the football when it's delivered to them, and um, that could make a world of difference in this game because if we're able to, uh, you know, keep the chains moving, and even if you, you know, have to punt at midfield, um, this Raiders offense is not, again, built to uh, come back or have Long drives down the field, um, and uh, any any points that we can get—field goals, touchdowns, whatever—to uh, get ahead early um, is going to make a, a big difference uh, for the Packers and and the success overall of this offense this week.
1: Yeah, you're you're spot on. You're you're spot on. And uh, are there any wide receivers right now out of the the guys that we've mentioned? that you think is primed for, for a game? I mean, I think Rodgers is going to need to spread the ball out, obviously, again this week. But um, are you looking to see Alan Lazard build off of just a monster fourth quarter last week? Well,
0: um, I, that would be great to see. It's, you know, he might be our number one receiver this week, Dan, yeah. which is kind of frightening. I mean, the way he played at the end of that game, I, oh, gosh, you got to give that kid a, a world of credit. Um, so I think he's a gamer, and he's going to be ready to go. Um, we'll see if MVS is out there. Yeah. I, I think more likely this is just going to be another week where we spread the ball around. And, and to me, the probably the guys that end up with the most catches this week are going to be one of uh, Aaron Jones or uh, Jamal Williams. I wouldn't be shocked to see those guys get anywhere from Um, you know, four to seven receptions this week. Uh, You know, they're interchangeable to some degree. Um, You know, maybe Williams gets three receptions, Jones gets seven, or you know, they each get five, or something along those lines. And, you know, if um, uh, Mercedes Lewis gets a couple receptions, and Lazard gets a few receptions, and if MVS plays, and he gets, you know, uh, a couple receptions, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you add it all up, and I, I think that's probably you know, that's that's just got to be the most likely scenario. That's what we've been seeing all season, uh, particularly with uh, uh, Devontae out. I mean, and even with him in, aside from the big game against the Eagles, it's been kind of a spread the ball around um, situation for for this Packers offense. So this past game, I think, has been coming along really, really well. Um, so we may not come away from it saying, man, we weren't able to you know, move the ball because we didn't have a guy uh, mm-hmm. to catch the ball, I think, um, the way Rodgers is working through the progressions and his comfort level in this offense, he'll find people and he'll move around and, and, and uh, make some plays. Uh, so I'm not, my overall concern level isn't super high if we don't have a wide receiver go out there and get seven receptions this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Kumro, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I, I don't know. I just, he hasn't really shown much. Uh, he's had plenty of opportunities these last few weeks, too. Um, Shepard might be a guy that coming off of a, a disappointing performance for him personally last week, uh, you know, these young guys sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's it could, would not shock me, Dane, mm-hmm. if Shepard came out and had a big game this week. And maybe it's not Lazard, but it's Shepard that comes back and redeems himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the one that you're coming away your saying, man, I'm glad that uh, he had a big bounce pack performance after that rough game against the Lions.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I look out for Shep. Uh, we, we've been high on him since the preseason. I know a lot of fans were throwing their hands up. I was throwing my hands up last week. I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't. Um, but we said it in the last podcast, I'll say it again, let's double down on this kid. Uh, let's let's see what he can do. Uh, he's somebody that's battled through adversity quite a bit throughout his career, undrafted guy. He was a training camp invite, folks. This isn't some kid who even was undrafted, but, you know, the Packers called. We invited him in just to work him out and see if he had anything after all the undrafted guys were signed, he's been able to battle his way onto the 53-man roster. Uh, Packers have shown an awful lot of confidence in him throughout the, uh, the off season, And um, I agree. I think that he's just getting started here in Green Bay, and he may be one of the guys that's, that's going to show up. But uh, broadly speaking... Let's give a little credit to Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, You know, I know it's a foregone conclusion because he's the great Aaron Rodgers and he's making all this money and he's done it for his whole career. However, it has not been easy to learn this offense. It's not easy to deal with change. It's not easy to be playing with, um, you know, your number two, three, four, five receivers and to be finding guys consistently and to be communicating with guys and then not only be communicating with guys that haven't been on the field very much, but also then to be able to deliver just absolute strikes like he's been doing, uh, especially the last couple weeks. He looked so good last week. Um, just got to give a little bit more credit to Aaron. I think just the fan base does because he is everything that's making this offense churn right now. Uh, obviously the running game has been incredibly helpful as well. Uh, but Rogers seems to be so comfortable in this offense and the way he's slinging the ball, um, that he's going to be putting a lot of these, um, more untested wide receivers in position to do a good job.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into the last thing we wanted to talk about, um, that's for this week, certainly. Um, I think we just continue to roll forward, yeah. and um, Rodgers will do what he does. So that's my expectation. It'll spread out, but perhaps uh, you know a couple of these guys come up and, and make some impact plays, and I would not be shocked at all uh, with any of the guys that we mentioned. So um, there's been kind of a lot of scuttlebutt. I know some, a, a segment of, of, of Packer Nation um, has been – on this organization for quite some time to go out and, and get another um, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I listen, I had no problem at all with what Goody did with this wide receiver group. I still have a lot of confidence in what this group can do. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of young talent. Um, and I think going forward, um, we're in a really, really strong position. I. I I think the sky's the limit for MVS. And, you know, I, I, as you said, I really love the long-term potential of what Shepard can do. Uh, we'll see how he bounces back this week. I think that's going to be a real test of, you know, of his fortitude and, yeah. and what he can do in this league. Um, and, you know, th- we've got some other talent. I, I think that being said, we've underperformed um, outside of Devontae and, and he's been hurt. And we obviously, Devontae, is a top five receiver in this league. Mm-hmm. This group has underperformed a little bit, and so at this point, I think it does make sense those cr- those calls to make a move and uh, you know look at, at around the league and see if we might have uh, a, a trade partner mm-hmm. uh, that we can look at. And I think there's been three big names that have been floated out there. So, Dane, I'm just gonna throw it your way. Yeah, what do you think? Is, do you think? First of all, there's not been any, you know, official um, reports from, I think, credible um, Packer reporters that anything is in the works. Um, So uh, this is a little bit more blogosphere and media scuttlebutt. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, what do you think? Do, Do you think that there's a chance that this uh, Packers uh, front office could make a move and, and add someone here to this wide receiver group?
1: Yeah, certainly. I, so the trade deadline seems to be coming up pretty quick here. So if the Packers were to make a move, it would have to come quick. Uh, and then from there, anybody, if the Packers were to bring somebody in, they'd have to be comfortable with the offense before they're able to contribute. So there's a couple shoes that I think would need to drop for something to happen. Um, Goody has shown throughout his time as GM here that he's not afraid to make moves. Um, he's not afraid to sign free agents, but he's also shown that he really values draft picks. And I think it's because he has a lot of confidence in himself to draft um, draft high-level talent. And thus far, he's shown that that to be pretty capable. So, yeah, I think that we certainly could add somebody at the wide receiver position, but I think a lot of things go into that. Uh, part part of it goes into like, what's the salary cap implications of signing somebody and bringing somebody in? And also what's the draft capital? Because I don't see the Packers departing with a high level draft pick to bring somebody in at this point. Um, but I could see them going somewhere in the mid range, mid rounds. I mean, we traded Trevor Davis and somehow got a sixth round pick out of that. Could I see the Packers packaging something Around that with a team that's got a player that's uh, about to to hit free agency that they, you know, that another team that maybe isn't winning an awful lot of football games is trying to get off the books. Uh, So without naming names, um, broadly speaking, I think the Packers could um, certainly bring somebody in a couple names that we've seen. Um, pushed out a little bit has been AJ Green the the great wide receiver for Cincinnati Bengals and um, I've seen quite a bit of noise on Emmanuel Sanders the the wonderful wide receiver over there in Denver so a couple guys that have had a ton of success in this league where if either became available I'm sure the Packers would have interest um, out of those two if you just asked me I'm more of an Emmanuel Sanders kind of guy. Uh, At this stage in his career, I think Sanders can make a huge impact. Um, AJ Green has had a wonderful career, but seems to be um, having some very real injury issues with him. Um, So I would be open potentially to either of them, but everything comes down to what the cost is at this point in their careers and this point in the season.
0: Yeah, uh, I think Sanders is obviously a more affordable uh guy, it looks like he's making about $10 million this year um, Base salary So I don't know all of the cap ramifications um, There's ways to move things around And make yeah. it work Packers have about $8 million In open cap space right now um, You know Again, when you're adding a guy mid- Middle of the season I I, I'm not a, a cap guru, uh, so I don't know exactly how that works. Yeah, but either. it seems like there, there's uh, based on that number um, and where Sanders' cap um, hold is, um, which doesn't necessarily all count against the Packers. Uh, if the Broncos tr- make a trade, uh, they, I think they are still liable for some of that cap hold. Um, so I, again, it seems like that would be a number that should work in in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, It's interesting you mentioned about draft capital. I agree in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. but, Dane, I I can't help but wonder if Goody feels like he can trade for a guy that can make an impact and has proven that he's a top-two receiver right now. Mm -hmm. Would it make sense that from a long-term perspective it would – Uh, behoove them to let go of a a draft pick because they've got plenty of young talent at the wide receiver position so does it really make sense to hold on to a second round pick that you're going to draft a wide receiver and you're adding another young talented guy to that group that may be able to make an impact um versus just continue to develop the young talent that they have and bring in a guy that's proven that they can be a consistent contributor week in and week out uh, while these other young guys uh, continue to improve and learn and eventually step into that role. Because um, I, I, again, I cannot be higher on guys like MVS mm-hmm. um, and I think that um, the future is very bright for him but we've seen through the first six weeks of the season he's had some spots. Uh, he's kind of that deep threat, but uh, I don't think he's quite ready. Um, so he might need another season or two of development before he's one of those guys um, mm-hmm. and thats that shouldn't be a shock I, I I think you know we expected to get the the real key is we just expected to get a little bit more out of Geronimo this yeah. season. yeah we did and, and, and we just haven't gotten it. Um, So, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, that's, I think, where we've seen a little bit of a hole um, is um, uh, we haven't gotten that consistency um, from a guy like Geronimo Allison. And that uh, that allows uh, MBS to be unleashed a little bit in in kind of the role that he's ready to contribute in. Mm -hmm. Um, So Emmanuel Sanders, I agree, makes a lot of sense. A.J. Brown. or A.J. Green, I'm no. sorry. Uh, not sure, um, based on what the Bengals will probably want for, for him. Um, that might be a little bit more of a, a, a liability in terms of picks than I'd be willing to give up, yes. especially with considering where he is at his stage of his career, and he's had some injury issues uh, here, particularly the last few seasons, and um, he's going to want a big uh, contract. So I don't want to give up a lot of draft picks for a guy that um, we may only have as a half-season rental. I, I look at it, Emmanuel Sanders as a guy that maybe we're able to re-sign and bring him back for a, another 2 years. But contract. he's
1: getting older, too. He's 33. Right, so, but he's yeah. not
0: going to demand, I think, the big money. Right. So if we're moving on from Jimmy Graham after this season, then I think a guy like Emmanuel Sanders is going to be right around that same number. Uh, that uh, uh, Jimmy Graham would command, so perhaps you're able to reallocate some of those funds uh, for a shorter contract um, for someone like an Emmanuel Sanders. And then when he's 34, 35, uh, we've got these young guys that are kind of knocking on the door and and sort of organically taking over uh, that role, uh, a la Donald Driver a few years back.
1: Yeah, and uh, another guy to mention, uh, and I'm just going to mention him because our, our pals over at AcmePackingCompany.com where, where uh, Wags and I, you and I both go and, uh, and check out a lot of their great content. Uh, they mentioned Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver from the Jets as well. Um, that kid can fly. Out of all the guys that have kind of heard uh, pushed out, I mean, I've heard A.J. Green, I've heard Sanders, I've heard Diggs from, from Minnesota. There's no way the Vikings are trading Diggs to the Packers. Uh, and there's no way the Packers are going to give draft picks to the Vikings. That's just not going to happen. Uh, but then Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver down there in New York Jets, uh, somebody who's um, cheap, young, and incredibly talented. Um, the, I think the the maybe the is closing on that with a Darnold coming back and showing what Robbie Anderson can do. Uh, but that's the kind of guy I would love to have, a little bit more of an upside guy if we were to give away – Uh, a higher uh, draft pick. But um, I'm I'm inclined not to give up a big high pick if this were to happen. We could use this impact player. I do think potentially that the right guy that comes in, uh, if we were to bring a wide receiver in, could be the game changer in a tough playoff game at Lambeau Field or on the road. Um, uh, However, I'm not interested in giving up a first or second round pick realistically for a wide receiver. Uh, at this point, unless somebody that we haven't talked about yet uh, happened to become available, that you know our jaws drop and we're able to maybe bring in a an absolute game changer. But otherwise, I'd be I'd be comfortable in a third, fourth, fifth round pick giving something up in that in that level, you know, to get a wide receiver that's an impact player. But it would have to really be somebody special for us to give up a high high level draft capital for me to feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, and I was just looking, and I was a little bit surprised uh, that Robbie Anderson—he's actually going to be an un- unrestricted free agent. I was thinking, why would the Jets want to move on from a young talent like uh, Robbie Anderson? But uh, you know, if, if they're not really going anywhere fast, mm-hmm. uh, certainly with Sam Darnold, they, uh, uh, I was deliciously excited by the fact that they were able to beat the Cowboys last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's. Someone that to your point isn't going to have nearly as much um, draft capital um, in terms of the liability that they would need to trade for him. He's uh, you know a half-season rental to a T, mm-hmm. and he's uh, not a guy that uh, is going to command any. No one's going to say, "Oh, we need a second-round pick for Robbie Anderson." Um, but. Um, he could stretch the field and come in, and I think you can just send him deep so you don't have to worry about him, um, you know, learning the playbook too much. Uh, let Aaron just throw a, a nice high rainbow pass that he can uh, run under. Um, that would be pretty exciting. Well, what about, um, just real quickly, because I, I know we, we could talk about this all day. Um...
1: Andre Risen?
0: <laughs> Should we bring our boy Risen back? <laughs> we no. love you,
1: Andre. And folks that listen, Risen's uh, been on the podcast, and, uh, you know, when he came into Green Bay back in the 90s, they worked out pretty well for us. Maybe he could play a few more snaps for us.
0: Yeah, no, I, I guess what I was wondering about is, is could they trade for a tight end? Hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think um, uh, looking at someone that, that potentially um, a name that got thrown out there um, uh, was, um, Um, down in Tampa Bay, uh, we've got uh, O.J. Howard. Uh, This is a a Tampa offense. They've got two very talented wide receivers. It doesn't seem like um, there's enough um, balls to go around. And O.J. Howard is a young, talented tight end uh, that, uh, you know, Bruce Arian's offense, they don't really utilize the tight end all that much. Um, Maybe you can get him on the cheap and you can get some real value there. Um, So, you know, maybe that's, I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there, uh, just looking at uh, realistically, he's a guy that um, doesn't seem to be in the best situation from a fit and a scheme standpoint. And maybe you can kind of buy low on someone like that.
1: Wags, I'll give a second round pick for O.J. Howard right
0: now.
1: <laughs> I think he's a good football player. He does what we we would want him to do. Um, it's very clear that, uh, the, you know, the, the Packers and Coach Lafleur like to use a two tight end set quite a bit. Uh, I think Jimmy Graham's time is nearing its end here in Green Bay long-term. I think that Mercedes Lewis, uh, due to his age, won't be playing forever as well. um, As a lot of you have seen, Jay Sternberger, our draft pick from this year, is gonna be coming off the IR, and we can probably expect him to be back in the next few weeks. But long-term, pairing him with somebody like O.J. Howard, all of a sudden, we've got young, talented tight ends for the next few years for, for Aaron Rodgers and Coach LeFleur to to work with. So, Wags, I love the idea. Somebody like O.J. Howard or O.J. Howard himself would just be wonderful. I think he fits what we would need to do in Green Bay. And he could be a difference maker this year for the Packers should we make the playoffs.
0: That's exactly right. And that was kind of where I was going, where would it make sense to spend a little bit more and use a higher draft Uh, pick to dangle to get someone like that that might fit more in the long term um, as well as in the short term Um, so uh, that's exactly right and and we can only hope Um, but I do think that uh, overall uh, while this is just wild speculation I definitely do think that Goody is on the phones, um, you know, calling around, uh, seeing uh, what the asking price is for some of these guys, um, doing some, uh, uh, crunching some numbers, yep. and, and just kind of uh, trying to get a feel for what it would take to potentially improve this team. And uh, I have a lot of confidence in, in what they might be able to do. So um, it's always exciting to add a big piece um, we'll see what happens. Uh, the good news is, is that even if we don't, um, none of these injuries seem to be long term. Certainly, we hope that Devonte gets fully healthy. That can be an injury that can linger, but it does sound like he's feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and uh, with Geronimo and MVS, even if they're not 100% or can't go this week, um, they should be coming back on the field in the next few couple weeks as well. So, um it's The sky's not falling if we don't make a move, um, but I, I thought it was worth having that discussion in terms of how might this front office be looking at this um, from a, both a, um, a opportunity to improve the team now as well as in the future. Love it. I love it. Wags, prediction time. Prediction time. Okay. I, I got a little optimistic last week. Mm-hmm. I, I admit it. Um, I'm just going to roll that forward, too, though. Uh, I think this Packers team comes out early. We're not going to be flat in this many home games. Um, I think there's going to be a sense of urgency this week. They understand that they can't start the same way they did last week. Mm -hmm. Clean up some of those turnovers. um, Clean up some of those drops. Get ahead. uh, Force some turnovers uh, from uh, this Raiders offense. They're going to be pressing a little bit. And I, I like us to, to run away with this one a little bit. I, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb. I say Packers 34, Raiders 13. Oh,
1: that's a big one. That's a big one. We're thinking the same way, Wags. Uh, we're thinking the same way. I think we're going to see an angry Chucky on the sidelines uh, on, on Sunday. Um, I'm not going quite there. I'm going to squeeze it a little bit on both ends. And I'm going to go with 31-17. Uh, but we're going to handle them. We're going to handle their, their offense. They're going to have a really tough day trying to get down the field. And once Carr starts trying to, to push the ball uh, down the field more, it's going to get even worse. Um, I don't know if he's going to be throwing you know pick six. However, I think this is the week the Packers defense gets a defensive touchdown. I think it's a forced fumble. Sweep, pick it up, Preston Smith six points the other way for the Packers because Carr doesn't like those deep drops. When he starts doing it, he's going to hang on to the ball just a little bit too long. And uh, we might get to see one of those Halloween dances that the Smith brothers have been talking about.
0: I love it. I love it deign uh, to be honest with you, uh, scenario-wise, with you know the the Raiders coming off a bye, um, Packers on a short week, doesn't necessarily make <laughs> a lot of sense that we're this optimistic no. in terms of the score. But uh, and uh, let's be honest, I, I, again, I don't want to uh, discount this Raiders team. They've gotten some good wins this year, uh, so we shouldn't overlook them. But this is a team that the Packers. Uh, should be, especially at home. Um, so let's take care of business this week, boys, um, and um, uh, stay healthy out there. And um, uh, we'll have a, 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 another big week coming up the week following. So not gonna name that opponent and look ahead, but um, let's take care of business this week for sure.
1: Yeah, so follow us uh, on, uh, on uh, Instagram, Lombardi's Legends, uh, Twitter, Lombardi's Legends, Facebook. Lombardi's legends um you know download us on itunes as you you maybe have or or google play or spotify or podbean or wherever you get your your podcasts and rate us and tell all your friends because uh we're having fun this year aren't we
0: yeah (laughs) this is great (laughs) yeah we
1: are (laughs) um
0: yeah, don't slack off. Just give us a nice rating. Yeah, come, come on. on. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be greedy. But it's free content, right? Y- yeah. Give us a like. Why not? Yeah. So uh, it takes two seconds, and uh, I really appreciate you listening, interacting. Um, Feel free to call that uh, Cheesehead Sound Off Hotline. Um, and give us a ring. Uh, let us know how you think uh, uh, the Packers are looking. 608-285-2128. This week. And if you didn't get that, it's uh, on our social pages uh, that Dane just mentioned. So um, we love hearing from you there and online. Uh, so, Dane, I think that just about does it.
1: So, if you're listening, if you're doing yard work today, uh, or if you're running around doing errands with your family, or the kids have soccer practice and you're listening to your podcast, say it with us: Go, Go Pack, Go! Pack. Go.